0: Live from the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. Woo. This looks real good, guys. We've got season two, episode four of the No Block, No Rock podcast. Coming to you after a, what, was it 45 to three? It should have been. Jesus Christ. I thought it was 45. It, did I miss something? You missed a lot. Well, did I sleep through something? Yeah. Well, you you didn't miss as much as Nebraska's offense did. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't miss as much as the freaking refs. You didn't miss as much as Connor Culp did either. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but in all seriousness, on on record, it's twenty eight to three. Nebraska win. I there's nothing to complain about. So I think guys, we're gonna get into the positives that we saw. Some of the things that going forward. Hopefully Nebraska will address and make better. But let's start with the positives. Adrian Martinez. How many turnovers? Zero. Zero. Yay! He went 13 of 19, 242 yards, two touchdowns. No interceptions, no fumbles. A pretty noteworthy Taylor Martinez esque run for what was it, 70 like two yards or something? Seventy one yards, yeah. Seventy one yards.
1: Guys, let's just talk about Adrian. Let, let's just go off right. in a good way. I'll, I'll get her kicked off here. Uh, 2 a.m. played to his potential finally. I mean, Adrian played his ass off. I, I think that's speaking lightly. Yeah. I mean, he, he made some plays, especially that long run we just talked about, where it's just like you see the talent, you see the stuff that they've seen in practice and talked about. This is why he was a freshman All-American type you know type player. This is why he was on the Heisman watch list. Those plays right there, like there's not very many guys that you can say that can make those type of plays. He took care of the ball. Yep. He was very accurate. And guess what? He can actually throw a deep ball. He threw some dimes to some auditory, And the one that got taken back on that bullshit pass interference, pick play, whatever you want to call it, that yeah. second time that happened this year. I mean, that was also just a great dime on a wheel out. So mm-hmm. it's like Adrian is playing the best football I've ever seen him play. No doubt, you're saying exactly what
0: this whole staff keeps preaching. You know, he's in a good place mentally. He looks great. You know, he slimmed down. I mean, he looks really good. Yeah. At no point in time did he look like he was forcing anything. Right. If he didn't have anybody downfield, he was looking for checkdowns. If he didn't have checkdowns, he was getting however much however much he could um, with his legs. I mean, yeah, he just he looked like a like solid. He just looked like he was making the right decision every single play. And I'll say this. This is the first time in back-to-back games where I cannot recall a play with Adrian involved where I was like, dude, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, I can't think of a single play from the past two games where I, like, questioned anything that he did. Exactly. And, you know, just going based off his history, the past couple of years, lots of, lots of ups and downs, where he, he would make a great play one minute, and then the next you're like, dude, what? Nothing this past two games. You could, you could talk about the opponent. You could say, oh, it's Fordham. Oh, it's Buffalo. You play who's in front of you. What's the alternative? He doesn't play well. Well, no, I don't want that. So play well, which is what he's been doing. Yeah, I mean, Eric, if, would you spout off about Adrian? What you got? Anything?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a very impressive game. Uh, three games and now and in zero interceptions. That's good. Yeah. Um, He became the fifth player in Big Ten history with a 6,000 pass and a 2,000 rush, and he joins his brother, Taylor, on that list, too. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that's his (laughs) brother. (laughs) Yes, it isn't. I know. (laughs) But um, like you said, his decision making was good, and I really like the fact that he made something out of nothing and didn't just throw it up or hold on to it too long and then get rid of it, because that's when problems start. Yeah. and. If he can keep doing the smart stuff, I don't know if it'll change anything, except we could have a puncher's chance. So against
1: OU, I assume is what you're talking about. Right. Right. And we'll talk about that here later. But
0: Well, and one last note there on on Adrian, I felt like at no point in time in the last like two weeks have we seen him like panic, right? Mm -hmm. Like Illinois, that fumble right before halftime, that was one hundred and fifty percent a panic mode play where he's getting surrounded by defensive linemen, and then all of a sudden he tries to take off, and he's getting tackled from behind and stuff like that. That pocket was one of the worst that I have seen, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he still just managed to just do whatever he had to just to give himself enough time to make a smart decision, either run or throw the ball to somebody that's open.
1: Well, and I, I really enjoyed the receivers. So the receivers were an absolute mess, but the receivers were sitting on their routes, and Adrian was... going through his progressions and he was actually finding the guy that was sitting there wide open he wasn't Mm -hmm. forcing any any plays he had his man tory and he only hit him two times two touchdowns two two receptions on the whole day
0: two touchdowns both 68 yards one yeah 136 yards both for 68 yeah um talk about efficiency That's like literally the definition of a. He's 100%. Yeah.
1: Well, and Tori technically had three catches for three touchdowns, but they took one back. I mean, (laughs) not joking. And and we're not ones to bitch about the refs. Like, I want to make that clear. I will bring up some stuff on Twitter that we see just bad highlights and stuff. It's like, come on now. But, like, honestly, some of this stuff just has to change with the Big Ten officiating. I watch SEC games. I've even watched ACC games and Big Twelve games that they're the, the referees are letting these kids play football, and and it's just yeah. embarrassing for yeah. this Big Ten official, like the Big Ten officials in general, that they're making these calls and the end of the game, <laughs> Logan Smothers, come on,
2: uh,
1: literally a option pitch play, like Nebraska's, <laughs> Nebraska
0: ran that offense for a very long time. And that's never ever called. <laughs> no, it's just not. It's just swallow the whistle. And I'm gonna like tell you, Jesus. I'm gonna tell you right now, that ref was not in the position to make that call. <laughs> he like he was standing five yards behind where the lateral even was. Like you're telling me you were able to see that was an inch ahead. Like well, give me a like, break. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those football plays where if you slow it down and extra, oh look look at the pixel. He's he's out at the ball's out ahead by. And like not even an inch. It's just like in real time, you couldn't tell. Get out right. of here! Right. You just right.
1: couldn't. You know what my favorite pl- or part about that play was? Is that okay? You have Scott Frost, probably one of the best option quarterbacks in college football history. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Won a natty. You know
1: he won a natty. He did his thing. <laughs> he did his thing. He knew what he was doing when he was running the option. Okay. Scott Frost had two timeouts left with eight seconds left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> he took both those timeouts back to back to rip the entire officiating crew up and down the sidelines. And you know what? (laughs) I love that. That is a player's coach. That is a guy that this is the backups. This means nothing to the game at all. But you got Logan Smothers would have had, well, kind of, it wouldn't have been a touchdown for him, but he was executing the offense. And then you would have Will Nixon with this first career touchdown. And Scott Frost was out there saying, dude, I ran this option for a fucking living. (laughs) Like I did it well. So don't tell me what a freaking pitch is. And the fact that he took two timeouts to rip the entire officiating staff, I tip my cap to Scott Frost. Okay, and
0: along this line of cap tipping to Frost, like that would have never happened if the Buffalo head coach had just let the game be. Right. He called timeout, and he called that timeout, and and then Frost called that throw to Hickman. Yep. For that long gain, and it's like, okay, I like this mentality where he's like, you know what, you want to call timeout, fine. In this 130 degree weather, you know, on the field. I'm trying to get the game over with. I'm trying to get my guys back to the locker room. This game's over. Yeah. You've, you are never a threat in this game, but you want to be calling these timeouts. You know what? Screw you. Right. And you can, and you know damn well that he knew like what he was doing, how, how everyone would view him running that offense like that at yeah. the end of that game. Because at the press conference, he's like, yeah, you know, like, we didn't score so no harm no foul like you know he's sitting there on the sideline thinking like oh shit if we go score right now like people are gonna be really mad (laughs) yeah look i'll be the first one to say like we've had our criticisms of head coach scott frost but this is one of the times one of these times where i'm like you know what dude i I respect the i guess the pettiness i don't know yeah trying to round the score hey i like it man especially since a couple of them were taken off the board in the first place like you know what screw you guys i'm I'm trying to score now. He yeah, you take that pissed. third one
1: off, and it's personal. Yeah, he was pissed off. And <laughs> it didn't help. <laughs> did you guys see the Connor Culp kick, the last one? I'm pretty sure he made the field goal. I, he, I swear he,
2: to God he made that. You know, I'm pretty sure he made the field goal. That last, it looked good on TV, too. I don't, I don't know what they were seeing, but...
0: Right, and then Culp, like, straight surrender Cobra. Like, what? Like, yeah, because he thought in. he made it. Everybody thought it was you in. Know, I swear uh, it went in. I thought he did, too.
1: Oh, man. Okay, so let's talk about Connor Culp really quick. Okay. Yeah. Is this a problem? Big Ten Kicker of the Year. And I had already said this in previous episodes. Connor Culp, yes, he won Big Ten Kicker of the Year. He was very efficient last year. But the kicks he missed, they were big kicks that cost us games. Yeah. So I was kind of skeptical about him. I was like, oh, cool. You know, we actually had a guy win an award last year. But honestly, is this a problem right now? I mean, like, the guys missed three field goals in two PATs in three games.
0: Yes, it is a problem. And I'll tell you why is because everybody keeps putting this up to like, oh, it's a men- it's a mental thing. Like, oh, he'll get it figured out. Everything is okay. He's a good kicker. Okay, but if you can't do that against Buffalo, against Fordham, how do you think you're about to walk down into the Palace, down in Norman, Oklahoma, and kick in, in some high-tension games, right? Like in right. some high-profile games that the whole country is watching. You can't make them against Buffalo. What does that mean for the big guys? Yeah, and – You know, in our group text, you know, I was saying, Culp is broke. Culp is cooked. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Is Goose is cooked? (laughs) In in the moment, I'm like, oh, my God, this is not good. And, you know, kickers have the unfortunate circumstance where they're not in the flow of the game, right? They're on the bench, and they're not working up a sweat. The only way their adrenaline is pumping is because they're anticipating a kick coming up. So they they can't get in the flow of the game. It's all right. You're in now. You can't you can't work out any kinks. Like this is your one chance to do something, and it's easy to get in your own head. And I'm I'm really hoping that Colp is a mentally strong, emotionally intelligent fellow because he's gonna need it going in on Norman. He's gonna be asked to make some kicks. You just gotta expect it. So I I hope it doesn't play any negative. Part going forward, but I think it. I think it will. Unfortunately,
2: yeah. Uh, kicking is all mental. I think we can agree to that. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And right uh, now, Connor Culp has a, what is commonly known as the yips. And uh, yip. <laughs> as
0: a Cardinals fan, watching Rick and Keel in in the playoffs that one year, that was straight Yip City, and I. Yeah, this is the yips, man.
1: I'm sorry, but he's it, oh. got the colps. But some,
0: but, that, but he he might have made the last one.
1: I think he <laughs> made it. And if he would have made that one, this would have been done. Like it would have been over Damn with. It. Like
2: right. and sometimes there isn't a way out of the yips. So I think you give him the, the this week. If he struggles again, then you can try for Anki or Meyer, who apparently have huge legs, as we've seen on kickoffs. Yeah, but. You know, again, it's special teams issues in year four. Uh, again, it just—it's a endless cycle. Just keeps well,
0: happening. And the the unfortunate thing about it is, this is popping up when last year it was a strength with Culp. Like yeah, we we thought this this aspect of special teams was supposed to be the thing we didn't really have to worry about. All Big Ten kicker, like the only All Big Ten player that we've had on Frost's roster. We're like, okay, maybe this won't. This will be the one part of special teams that's not an issue, and now it's cropping up, and it's like, what? It's
1: rearing its head again. Yikes! Because if you don't recall, two years ago, before Colt walked in the door, I mean, we had Lane, Lane McCollum. He made, he made, you made that duck. Yeah, against uh, that should have been blocked. Yeah, <laughs> like we had a safety coming in to kick a game-winning field goal. So <laughs> my thing is, is Scott Frost? He built up the kicking depth chart on purpose. We know that these guys have huge legs, just like Eric said. So, I'm telling you, if Colt misses one more, you, we can't afford to give him another opportunity. I think it's going to have to be Kellen Meyer, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, that kid from Ord, Nebraska. Huge leg. Cole's kicking camp, all that stuff. I think, uh, I think it's his time to shine. Because, honestly, he's here for one reason. He's here to kick field goals for Nebraska. And Colt came back for his super senior year. Mm-hmm. And let me just jab at him one more time. <laughs> There's a reason he lost his job at LSU, and he's here, and might you know, happen again. He might yeah. lose his job again. You yeah. know, lightning yeah. strikes twice. But yeah, but remember, guys, yeah. this is a positive episode. We had yes, a great is. game.
2: On that last note, I thought Journey was good. He pinned a few inside the twenty. He didn't shank any. Yeah, that I, totally to do. yeah so. I totally agree. Yeah, uh, I
1: totally agree. Churney finally put one and i was listening to 1620 today about daniel churney and damon benning brought up a really good example he's talking about churney and all of his punts are like end over end they almost look like kickoffs which is really interesting and they said that if any of these punts were to actually land on the ground they're all going to bounce backwards like you know like the sam cook special like yeah, you're dropping him inside the five, and it backspins, and and you down it inside the ten. Mm-hmm. Like he has that potential. The ball is doing that. It's just he's just not kicking it far enough to do that. Right. So I, I I feel good about him. He just really needs to get more reps, game reps, we'll say.
0: Yeah. But Mike, you said this is a positive pod. Hundred percent.
1: Luke Reimer, woo, Dude, big
0: ten Come on. defensive player of the week.
1: Throw the motherfucking bones, boys.
0: He was running. Across the field like a banshee, preventing first downs on that fourth down. Oh, that was fun. Tipped interception to himself oh, while, while, uh, he's being blocked, while he's being blocked, by blo- the way. Yeah, and yeah. he almost took it back for a tutty. I thought he scored. I'm like, nice! Yeah. But he's down at the two, led to a score the next play. That's fine. But yeah, this defense, man, uh, what is, I think it's, if I heard correctly earlier, I believe this is the seventh straight opponent that they've held to 400 yards of total yards or less. Yeah. So seven straight. That's,
1: that's big time. That's not an easy that. Okay. Piggybacking on, on what you said earlier in the pod, and we'll talk season one here. Ooh. You mentioned that Nebraska would be successful if we had a top 50 defense. I think right now you mm-hmm. could argue Nebraska has a top 25 defense. And if that defense shows up in Norman – I'm not saying we're going to win the game. I'm not saying the game's going to be close. But I'm saying if that defense that showed up against Buffalo shows up in Norman, mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler and that offense are going to have some trouble.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we'll get more into Oklahoma here in a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I think that we do have a, a very good opportunity to kind of shock some people. Maybe not win, but, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I've got, I've, like, I've got a take on, you know, exactly like what Nebraska has to do on defense to shut that dude down. But you know, okay, you know, yeah. we'll get Chin, into that. Chin's Junior over here.
2: Yeah,
1: huh? yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Kyle Chin's Byers Junior. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so let's talk about the Buffalo offense. Okay. So this team sure. put up 69 points in their first game, yeah. and this is not just some offense. This is a, a very explosive offense. I, I want people to. Don't scoff at Buffalo. We said that last week. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't give them anything. Don't give them a yard. They'll take 10. You know, like, we said all that stuff last week. And Buffalo's offense, we shut them down. We didn't get any sacks. So, no free Big Macs for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> but we pressured the quarterback. And we, like, Luke Reimer, like we were talking about, was all over the ball. Our yep. DBs played pretty good. Honestly, here's a hot take for you as well. Quentin Newsom has been holding his own on the other side in that corner position probably playing better than CTB this year. CTB tried to jump two passes in that Buffalo game where if he would have just played back, they don't get the first down. Yep. So, Quentin Newsome is holding his own and that's really that's a bright future for this defense.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I, I I just I just feel like this whole punt return fiasco with Cam Taylor Britt is just I think it's like carrying over to the defense and it's he he just feels like oh, I came back I have to do something. I have to jump this ball. I have to take get a pick six. Yeah. It's like if you'd have just stayed home, we would be in a three and out right now. And they'd be punting within the shadow of their own end zone. But they converted on that play. I, I just I hope he gets over the punt return yips. Yeah. And I will say, I do think that offenses are um respecting CTB, right? They're they're not throwing his way Twenty times a game, or they're not running his way twenty times a game. I think, I think that they they respect him, so he's kind of limited on his opportunities. But the opportunities that he's been given, he is. It seems like he's trying way too hard. Like just play it safe, bro. Like you know, we don't have we don't need a home run. Just it's third down. Just stop him. You don't need to play above your head. Just do your job. Do your job. Yeah, and you'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I have zero issue with Cam like trying to make plays. Fine, (laughs) go jump the ball at a touchdown, but. At the same time, you need to look uh, to look at the situation. You d- didn't have to make a play there. Stay with him if he catches the pass. Fine, just bring him down. Yeah, That's-
0: yeah. But I will say, to I don't know if this is really defending CTV, but even when he's back there and he doesn't even touch the
1: ball, the, part, the part <laughs> return team still muffs at Should we still go into that? Should we go to that really quick? Okay. <laughs> sure. So special teams know. was a problem again. Kickoffs were fine again. We we touch, have that situation solved. Touchbacks. Samari Tori did exactly what I begged for, and we'll get into something I begged for our last episode here in a second too. But <laughs> Samari Tori comes in, takes Oliver Martin roll, goes back there, catches the ball, no fuss. Don't have to return it. Just get put the ball in your offense's hands. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: CTB comes back there, <laughs> and are you kidding me? <laughs> and Scott blamed him. I mean, Scott <laughs> pointed. He said, you know, like. We have to be vocal. You had to tell the guys get out of the way. I didn't. I didn't see Tori have any problems with that. We're just throwing that out there. <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> well, like we don't have any hot mics on the field, so he might have been yelling,
3: "Oh boy, get out of the
0: way!"
1: Doubt oh, it. <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> he's like, "I'm gonna make a play." Damn. Licking his chops, he's like, "I'm gonna make up for that." But then it was a butt jump fumble. pass that, twice in the but, game.
0: Well, oh, and and I don't want to just look. I don't want to look past the officiating when that all occurred as well. Clear as day. Everybody saw that that touched a Nebraska player, and they're like, "No, no, no, nope, it's Nebraska's ball." And it, it took like fifteen fucking minutes to decide who should the, who should the ball go to. It's crazy. I, yeah. yeah, the refs stunk. They had a bad day. I think it was just really hot, and they were seeing extra people. I guess they were dehydrated. That's the only explanation uh, I
2: got. I'm not <laughs> sure what's happened with college football officiating across the board, but teams just aren't allowed to play anymore. It's it's you're insane.
0: 100% right. In
1: crucial moments, they're they're <laughs> always there, just lurking. And it's like, go away. Do you guys remember what I said at the end of the last episode? What I asked for? Anybody?
0: No, I downloaded the episode, but I don't
1: remember. Okay. So what I asked for is, well, Scott Frost, please defer for ah, once. Yeah. And guess what he finally freaking did. First time in frickin four a, years. Freaking A. He deferred. That defense got out there, and that set the tone for the rest of the day.
0: Handled it. Okay, now, mm, I, I like that you bring that up because, like, this is going to be my bigger point on the defense, okay? So on their opening drive, they went three for three on their third, count, third down conversions. They did convert four of four until they were called back for a holding penalty. So they kind of they pulled a Mac Nebraska, right? They shot themselves in the foot. So they did go three for three on that opening drive. They did convert on the fourth. All this this great defensive play, it's beautiful. I love to see it. We expected it going going into the season. They are following through. But when I look at Buffalo, the thing with them is they really want to establish the run game usually and they weren't able to like they're they're reminiscent of a Big 10 West team going in Norman Oklahoma is going to be a whole different air raid you know what i mean so like this is encouraging in conference play because buffalo is very near what Big 10 West teams like to do establish the run pound it which they weren't able to do but Oklahoma's gonna be a whole a whole different beast. So that's the reason why i'm I'm not taking what I'm seeing right now into the OU game. It's not because OU's just infinitely better. I mean, they are, but it's just the style of play that I'm a little more worried about. Another thing that I want to shine some light on is our lack of traditional running game. Thank you. yeah, hey,
1: let's let's talk about we have to t- touch on the not so good things
0: at halftime. The running backs had 16 carries for 33 yards, good for two yards a carry. Yikes. At the end of the game, 31 carries for 106, good for 3.4 yards per carry. This is just the running backs. You take, you take the Adrian Taylor Martinez run out, it's abysmal. It's not good. It's, it's worse than – it's just it's, – you have to have a traditional running game. Adrian – cannot do it all on his own which is exactly what we said leading up to this season was that we cannot have a quarterback be our leading rusher this year he's our best runner he is and it's unfortunate
1: well and to to put a positive spin on that though yeah the numbers you just said my favorite part about that was is scott did not give up on it no seriously yes thank you and they ran it so many times. Buffalo is stacking the box, and that opened those big pass plays. Mm. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. there, there is a silver lining to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, we were not getting push on Buffalo. Come on. You're a Big Ten team. You're playing a MAC team. You really got to be able to throw these guys around. Yep. We said it last week against Fordham. We, you know, our O-line really wasn't pushing guys like you should be as a Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, we saw the big play potential of what happens when you just punch and punch and punch, and they finally t- start to creep up a little bit. And then it's time to just go over the top. And to Torrey back to repairing yeah. him and Wanda. I I still like our guy, you know. I mean he 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 shined again.
2: I'm so glad they finally decided to go over the top on a defense. It's been so long. Yeah.
1: It, it finally worked. Well, it helps when you your best receiver isn't 5 foot 8. So, yeah, I helps. mean,
0: no, but Mike, you're right. This is like we mentioned Frost earlier with the whole like Thing in the fourth quarter wanting to send a message and it's like him wanting to establish the traditional run game even if it's not going well I like it. I like seeing this. Yeah. And I, I think it was like Husker Hype or somebody on Twitter had posted something before the Fordham game it was like what are you focusing on? And I was like I, I replied and I said I'm solely focusing on the coaching. And finally this week they just kept hammering the ball, hammering the ball, hammering the ball. And mm-hmm. like you said, it opened up a whole can of worms. They could start running the outside with the option. They could start throwing over the defense. Like Everything just worked out really well. Um, but the problem is, is that all of your runs were not successful. Like, no.
1: Well, like you were just running into the back of people the whole game. So, yeah. and Kyle, you just brought up one of my favorite parts of the game, and we talked about this last week. The option, Adrian runs that option so smooth. And they they talked about it today on the radio. Adrian actually pitched the ball with his left hand, and it he, he looked like a natural. Like he literally looks like a guy look good. that can manage a triple option wishbone type team. And I'm scared that now that it's on tape, Oklahoma can prepare for it. But on the flip side, it's really tough to prepare prepare for. I mean, yeah. remember the history of Nebraska. I mean, everybody knew it was coming. It, can you stop it?
0: Well, and one of our concerns leading up to this game was like, is Samore the only guy that can run that? Right. What are the odds? Like what's your guys' opinion on the fact that maybe our running backs can run that as well, but Scott has been holding off on that. That's been a thing that he has done from day one is watering down the offense and stuff leading into games, and it's bit him in the ass. Do you think that they've been working on it with other players? Because now you can show, okay, you've got Samore running in in motion – Okay, oh yeah, they're going to they're going to run the option to the right, but no, they're running to the left with the running back playing the option. Like I think that I think that them solely playing that with Torre really works in our favor heading into
2: Norman.
1: Yeah, I agree and we didn't just run triple option. We were running speed options to the left and to the right. Mm-hmm. And we were averaging about I think uh after looking at the numbers, we're averaging about 10 yards a play when we're running the option. So, it's a wrinkle. Mm-hmm. But Jared's mouth is just dripping right now. Oh, he is soaking like this a, table.
0: It's, it's like a prime. <laughs> it's just. It's like a prime rib. It's getting moist in here. Oh, oh my god! Dang, now it almost sounds like a negative episode. Um, the injuries that have been popping up. That Austin Allen played one play, and his head went against the turf. Concussion protocol, more than likely. So who knows if yeah. he's gonna be available? He'll be available. Hopefully. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Xavier Betts goes out. That's another guy. Strain labia. Oh, boy. Um, oh, God. Vokalek's still out. Who knows if he's going to be back. Oliver Martin didn't play. Um, I, think, I feel like I'm missing one, one other guy. Okay, but listen, we talked all year about Adrian not having weapons, and now it seems like they're all injured. We need
1: a few of these guys back. In, we, for for this game in Norman, we do. But I will say this shows how deep our bench is at that position because we had guys making plays. I mean, <laughs> mainly Samori, but we had guys right. making plays. A uh, shout out to Chris Hickman, dude balled out and he yeah. was playing hurt. He did well. So I mean, I forgot Omar. Omar's the other one. Omar was in a walking he, boot. He was in a boot. He was in a walking boot. So uh, I, ho- I hope it's just precautionary. Uh, I really do. We'll see. But that's five
0: five pretty key guy it's not just five yokels who who was the guy that was made out of rubber that had the holy shit of a scorpion after getting hit low he like oh. went face first and his legs basically touched the back <laughs> okay. of his head it was a nebraska player i have no well, idea he, it was it was the guy who came in to replace austin allen yeah oh you're the tar- other the third Brewington. Was it, no, it wasn't him. No, it was oh, the, the white guy, number like 49 or something. Oh, wow. Came in for Austin Allen, and it was like a couple plays later. This dude will be on ridiculousness.
2: I'm going to tell you that yeah. right now. Scorpion of all scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> so back to uh, the option. It works, and it's working really well. Do we go under center and triple option it some more? I don't uh, think so.
1: I doubt it. Uh, but we Okay, with that being said, though, we did that wrinkle against Ohio State a couple years ago with Diedrich at fullback. <sighs> And that play worked like a charm.
0: And then they didn't do it ever again. Not just in that
1: game, but ever again. You you know who would be a great fullback? Herschel Walk-On. Absolutely. (laughs) Jacques Yant,
0: who who looked fine against Fordham. Sure, bring him in. Bring him in. Boys
1: hungry, got to eat. But, dude, my (laughs) mouth is watering. Mm. Let's, uh, Let's talk about our sponsor. Refill our beers while we're drinking here in the tap room. Yep. Let's bring in Connor. Here we
0: have Connor Cavillac, who is the director of marketing and communications with the Nebraska Brewing Company. Um, Connor, we want to thank you for joining the No Block, No Rock podcast. Um, If you could just kind of tell us any beers that you're trying to highlight that you're trying to push out there for
3: these customers out here. Yeah, we've been pushing out a lot of new, really cool stuff. Uh, Really getting out these new cans and really highlighting some new products that we haven't really been able to push out into the market prior Most, I guess the next one that's coming up is going to be our Mosaic IPA. Out of this world good, really good hop taste, but not over the top. Uh, And it's just being able to get kind of funky with what we've been doing recently has been, it's been so enjoyable because we get to experiment and do these things that, you know, with our larger system, we weren't always able to do. Right. So being able to put out these new products and like I said, just get funky with it has been just absolutely phenomenal.
0: So besides the Mosaic, what other... IPAs you offer at NBC. Oh my <laughs> God, so many. Uh-huh. Okay, well, so Maybe, many. let's give like three. Let's, let's n- give three. Yeah, narrow it down. Uh, your favorite three. Yeah. Okay. So Pressure's me, on. In,
3: in no specific order, okay. because uh, you know you never tell which kid they, that it's your favorite. You, right. You never tell them. <laughs> uh, definitely, Mosaic is out there. Uh, our traditional West Coast, which is, we've had around for uh, 14 years now, and then uh, one that has come back, it, it's seen its resurgence recently. Was our Hop God, which is this Belgian IPA, which if you're a beer drinker, you understand that's like a really weird saying to say a Belgian IP and it's not really a typical yeah, that's style. Different. That's different. But it is absolutely like it it, in my opinion, and I'm a little biased. I don't want to shock you guys. Uh, <laughs> but it is a 10 out of 10, and I'm very happy to have it back. And that one, uh, not to tip the tip the hat here already, but it it will be in cans soon. Okay. All right. And my favorite word that you use
1: when you're talking about Nebraska Brewing Company beer is funky. You're it, right. Yeah, like funky. Like there's so many like cool names and just great tasting beers here so it is just an absolute honor to be able to record here in the tap room and try different beers and it's beautiful this is going to be an awesome relationship with you guys yeah and
0: okay and i just wanted to say i didn't want to interrupt you but like if you guys aren't into ipas like a lot of people are kind of iffy about those we've tried the taco vesa we've tried the wick for brains pumpkin which you know is seasonal and it's this time of year everything that you guys have is Like legitimately very very good and tasty. Yeah, and and Connor, you know, er, every episode since we've started, you guys have started your sponsorship. Here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. (laughs) Right, I promised everyone I would say this at least once. I'm not a huge craft beer guy, right? But then I come walking in here, and you give me this Taco Vesa, delicious. You give us that. That that pumpkin one that you that Jared Wick just talked brains. about. Wick for brains. Wick for brains. Delicious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like changing my whole world. So th- this sponsorship is a good thing for Mr. Kyle Byers
1: over here.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I I'm a little biased, and I think that's fair for me. But I, I'll tell you, we don't make bad beer. I'm not in the business of making bad beer. Hell yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what I'm freaking talking
0: about. You guys. All our listeners, go to the Tap Room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. Hey. <laughs> and, you know, their beer can be found in Hy-Vee, Walmart, everywhere. Any, anywhere you get your beers, look out for that Nebraska Brewing Company brand. And as they say, Nebraska Brewing Company, world-class in every glass. boy. Okay, now that we've talked about the Buffalo Bulls, pulling out that dub, let's get into OU, Oklahoma. Ye. Um, Last I heard... A 23-point yeah. favorite? 23-point favorite. Yep. Okay. We will get into score predictions, but what are you guys looking out for in this game? What is it about OU that scares you or doesn't scare you? Does anything give you optimism, pessimism? Let's get into it. Um, so they only have two scholarship running backs. Uh, their third, I think, just left like just before the first game. Um my biggest concern is you in three games. Now we've seen Nebraska's defense trying to rush like the middle linebacker or just like Jojo on the outside, or they're they're trying, they're trying to, they're trying to rush like five people at a time and they're not getting home. Like those blitzes are not getting home. They might cause a little bit of pressure, but with Spencer Rattler, like he's just going to run away. If you can't, get there with 5 people. If you can't get there with 4 and leave that fifth person there for coverage because like we're, we're about to talk about it, it's about to be an air raid day for for Oklahoma. If you can't get home with 4 people, you're going to have a long freaking day. If you can't cause some sort of pressure with just the the front 4, like it it's going to be a it's going to be a long day. If if you've been watching any tape on the Nebraska defense, I mean, I think the one thing that you can do as an offense is do the quick strikes, just like Illinois did with their Guy, I can't remember his name. Even dude, Fordham, dude, who came too. in, yeah. I mean, couldn't get home, and part of that was because of the quick strike offense. So I think if you're Rattler and you're Lincoln Riley, you're trying to get
1: it out there as quick as possible. Well, and to piggyback on what you guys are talking about and the quick strikes and and not getting home, I think Nebraska, honestly, in this game, they're you're going to see a lot of just three man rushes, and you're going to make Sp- Spencer Rattler stay in the pocket and make a good throw. And we're going to try to drop more guys in coverage, more guys, you know, more helmets on hats. And we're going to just hopefully get more guys in those throwing lanes because Spencer Rattler, if you give, you know, I mean, you give him time. I think they're really just going to try to make him make bad decisions. I don't think they're going to try to send everybody because he knows where the blitzes are coming from and he's going to throw right where the blitz came from. So the thing about Rattler, though. He's prone to making those boneheaded decisions from time
0: to Agreed. time. Agreed. Yeah, that two-lane yeah. game, man, there were some very questionable throws and decisions made by by Mr. Rattler.
1: So. Well, and if you're Scott Frost, don't you look at that, that two-lane game really hard? Like, oh, absolutely. I, obviously, Oklahoma didn't show everything. They didn't show all their cards. But, but And it's the first game. Yeah, but on the flip side, it's like, okay, this team, I would assume that our defense is better than two lanes. So – Take some wrinkles of what they did that was successful against Oklahoma yeah. and see what you can do with it.
0: I'm going to be the first one to say that whole Tulane game is a little misleading. OU led at half 37-14. So if you're Tulane, what are you thinking about to make a comeback? You're going to be airing the ball out. And that's, that's, where, that's where my concern comes in is that if Frost does take something away from Tulane, it's because Tulane was airing it out to try to catch up. And so I'm hoping their run game, like I said, has been abysmal. And it yeah. can't be that bad. It just can't. You have to eat clock. You don't want the ball in their hands. You just don't. And so you need to establish a traditional run game, not with Adrian. Sure, have him run from time to time. But you cannot have him doing 20 carries. You need Gabe Irvin, who seemed to emerge as RB1 again. Because <laughs> yeah. step, step straight up ghosted in the fourth quarter quarter you, nowhere to be found you need to have a traditional run game you need to eat clock take the ball out of their hands because that's what they want they want a track meet and i'm afraid frost also does but like you said mike he has been trying to establish a run game no matter how crappy it's been so i'm hoping he will continue to do the same in norman yeah and we've talked now several episodes talking about Scott Frost kind of uh, learning and adapting to the Big Ten and kind of changing his ways a little bit. Yeah. You would hope that his plan going into Norman, Oklahoma, is like you said, literally just run, 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 kill the clock. There's no reason you should be going into a boxing match with Oklahoma on Saturday. You should be running the ball 90% of the time. (laughs) Shorten the game is
1: what you're saying, right? Yeah. Shorten Shorten the game. Yes.
0: If you're Nebraska – besides a game what do you have to lose going into this game nothing. nothing nothing you've already lost games before this isn't 90s nebraska where if you lose a game people start freaking out and start jumping off jumping out the window cuz they're freaking out you have nothing to lose yeah do do some fun stuff yeah do trick plays for god black 41 flush reverse blast. i'm not saying do it again i'm just saying it's happened before there's precedent yeah you have nothing to lose. Have fun. Don't don't go in all tight like, oh, I hope we keep it with three touchdowns. Have fun. Yeah. Literally, the whole state is just watching to make sure that you compete. That is the expectation. I don't know if there's anybody that actually expects you to win. No. There's zero people. Zero people. Like who? Red Kool-Aid 69 on Twitter. Right. That's it. One right. guy. So... Anytime I can mention Army football, I'm going to. Okay. When Army visited Oklahoma, time of possession, 45 minutes to 15. They took it to overtime. Granted, they lost, but there's some precedent right there. Just saying. So you're saying, anytime all the I can mention option. Army, hey, look, I didn't say, tri- did
2: I say triple option? Did I say those words?
0: Yeah. I just said TOP.
2: Sir Jerry. Time of possession, baby. That's it so jared are you driving the uh jeff honkin like train here hey, like whoa are whoa we...
0: way too early for that talk <laughs> well.
1: so if you looked at a couple teams this past week that played against the big 10 and the sec big 12 teams that played against other conferences yeah. iowa state got their asses kicked by iowa the game should have been higher scoring but iowa has zero offense mm-hmm. but a great defense yeah Arkansas absolutely bent Texas over. So my thing is this. So, I mean, I don't have to dive into all that and stuff. I'm not saying Nebraska is going to do what those guys did. But the Big Ten plays a different style of football where we are a more physical, heavy running league. If Scott Frost is taking his notes and is starting to make that change that we are hoping he's doing, Mm -hmm. he needs to establish the run to open up the pass and do not – Try to play huck a chuck of football like Spencer Rattler is going to be doing on the other side.
0: Mm-hmm. That's but, all. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's I gonna s- I said you need to run the triple option the whole game. <laughs> Not <laughs> happening.
1: Not happening. I'm I'm fine. If, if Adrian Martinez the last week. Okay, we'll say the last two weeks shows up in Norman, the game will be closer than people think. Yeah, I'm just
0: hoping that these past couple of games with Adrian, I'm hoping it just hasn't been fool's gold where it's like. Oh, he's had two near-perfect games. This is the one where it all unravels. I just hope it's not that. You know what I mean?
1: Like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. But Kyle said a couple weeks ago, it's like, we haven't had real tune-up games. And Adrian Martinez finally got his first tune-up games in his senior year. (laughs) We've
0: had had backups play two times in a row. Yeah. Which is It hasn't happened in four years. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, so plus.
1: So these tune-up games are for one reason and one reason only to build mental reps and actual reps for everybody on the team. That has happened the last two weeks. Despite the competition, we have won the last two weeks. It's time to strap them up, and let's see what we can do against Oklahoma. And
0: the only thing that I can hope is every year, and it's already happened this year, is that some huge team, right, gets steamrolled or, you know, like loses a close game. Or I just hope that Nebraska could go down there and just compete. And if you get a win fantastic like i'll, I'll be happier never. of course but uh you know it just it doesn't ever seem to happen to nebraska where you go in as a big underdog and just show up and just do your job and end up with a w and it just doesn't ever seem to happen that way so that's the only thing i can hope for well, is, yeah. is that nebraska goes down there and just handles business you see teams just fall into wins yeah and it's just nebraska can never just fall into a win nothing and I'm not saying, oh, the ball never bounces our way. No, I, most of it is self-inflicted BS that they can control and just haven't been able to. You have these programs that just fall into these wins, and they fall into these great seasons that, that Nebraska just never seems to have. Um, if we want to get into scoring predictions... Yeah, let's do it. Um, I unfortunately don't think this will be a week where they fall into a win. I'm going to say oklahoma forty seven
1: nebraska twenty one well that's pretty close to mine yeah i that's have, real close to mine i have oklahoma not covering okay forty
2: one twenty eight i have forty two twenty one until i see- N- nebraska hang on oh with an elite team i can't pick it to happen uh fifty five seventeen okay yeah okay. I, I i stand strong
0: on them not covering i stand strong on that So, or on on them, on Nebraska covering. I
2: stand strong on that. Okay.
1: Now, this is my thing, is if Oklahoma doesn't cover, and we talked about this earlier in the year when we were doing our season predictions, which are all totally fucked already, but (laughs) my thing is this. (laughs) If Nebraska can stay competitive in this game, you carry that momentum into Michigan State next, or the following week. Who looks good. Who looks really good. Mel Tucker's doing a good job over there. So, you need to come back or you know, leave this game with some sort of momentum, whether it's defensively offensively I don't care you need to bring something positive from this game if you don't the stretch is going to get really rough for you guys and this goes back to the point where they have nothing to lose if you lose this game
0: even if it's 55 to 17 like Eric said you cannot let it linger you must move on you can't you can't again nobody's expecting you to win so if you lose okay fine just don't let it linger like the Cranberry said. Let it linger. Don't let it linger. Move no, on. No next lingers. game. Fucking lingers, man. Look, Look lingers. It's, it's, a non, it's a non-conference game. Just move on. You you have a conference game next week. Focus on that. Yeah. Have fun with this one.
1: Yeah. And if you win, cool, but you're not going to. Please have fun. win. <laughs> Just win. And you know what? Scott Frost, please defer again. Yeah, it worked it went, out pretty good. It went well. Yeah, because because ultimately,
0: what the the biggest thing that you need to, that you need to look at for this game is not your offense versus their defense. It is their offense versus your defense. That is the number one key. If your defense can hold them, you have already won eighty percent of the battle.
1: Lean on your strengths. But yep. on the flip side, I personally don't think Oklahoma's defense is very good. Of course. Yeah. So if yeah. your offense could finally take that next step. If your four-year starting quarterback, Adrian Martinez, could finally take that next step, have that big signature win under then, his belt, it'd be nice. Then, yeah, then then I like the uh, our offense versus their defense, and just make it a straight shootout. I don't care. Like, let's let's try to keep this game competitive. I don't give a shit if it's seventy to sixty-nine. You know, it's like nice, let, nice, nice. <laughs> let's get this game <laughs> in the win column. I doubt it. We all doubt it. The whole state doubts it. The whole, you know, the whole country doubts it. But let's do it. You doubt it. I mean, wait.
2: So, so Mike, you're going down to Norman, aren't you?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going down to Norman as well, and I'm going down there I'm to sorry.
0: stay with a bunch of Oklahoma, you know, family. Sure. We're all going to like tailgate and like watch the game together and stuff. And I, I'm going to join just, you. I'm just waiting for the uh, for the shit talking to start, it's and okay. it's just you know, it's going to turn that eight hour drive into misery but you you just shake your head and go i know
1: we know we knew
0: i'm aware we knew uh, the only reason i'm going down there is to hang out with family
1: yeah Yeah. that's it well and the key to shit talking is if someone's talking shit about you and we already know that we're not good so if you just say and you agree with them right away they're like well shit what do i do now no that's no fun it's the
0: it's the eight mile be a rabbit rule you go into the the rap battles already saying mom spaghetti. No, no, not my spaghetti. No, the, I know I'm trailer trash. I know I'm white, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Other dude looks at him like, oh, he just took all my ammo. He just roasted him. I got nothing left. Yeah. Gee, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Let's wrap up from the NBC Taproom, baby. Please subscribe to our Twitter. We are at NBNR Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, that's Apple, Spotify, r Radio. Please give us a listen. Give us a download. Give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. And we also have that website that Kyle's View Productions has so elegantly produced. It's just, it's a work of art. And Kyle, thank you so much.
1: nbnrpodcast.com.
3: Of, of
0: course. Um, signing off, I am Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers.
1: I'm Eric Mara.
0: And as always, B-O-U and G-B-R. Woo!